Koi CBD has been a leader in the hemp wellness space since their start in 2015. The company is family-owned and community-focused. They have an expansive product range, including broad and full-spectrum CBD products and more, in tinctures, gummies, vapes, topicals, and even CBD for pets. All of their products are third-party tested by accredited laboratories to ensure potency and purity, and lab results are posted online for consumers to access. They have over 11,000 positive reviews posted on their website. Koi products are offered at thousands of retail locations nationwide. They offer discount programs through their website for veterans, as well as a Koi Rewards loyalty program to earn discounts and a subscribe and save service. So go to KoiCBD.com, that's K-O-I-C-B-D.com, and enter discount code NOEL, N-O-W-E-L-L, for 20% off a single order through the end of January 2022. Thank you so much for your support. Hey guys, this is Jason DeVore with Authority Zero, and you're listening to Bradley's House Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. Come on in. Join us for the very last episode of Bradley's House Podcast for 2021. I am your co-host, Jared Orr. She is the executive director of the Knoll Family Foundation, Ms. Kelly Knoll. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. How are you? <sighs> Happier than a puppy with two Peters, Kelly. I am... Uh, <laughs> I am always excited for a new episode of Bradley's House. Um, as our listeners are listening to this, there's only a few days left to get all your New Year's resolutions figured out. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's uh, actually my New Year's resolution. My doctor helped me out with it. I went to my doctor and uh, he, he told me that I need to eat more McDonald's. To, I doubt to, that. Okay. I really doubt okay, that. Okay. All right. All right. What he said was eat less Taco Bell, but I was picking up what he was putting down. So that's my resolution. And uh, it was an awesome 2021. And we are going out with a bang. Kelly, who's today's house guest? Today, we have another awesome artist from the house that Bradley built from Tacoma, Washington, a phenomenal hip hop reggae artist, Sean the Shaman. Sean, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, greetings, beautiful people. Thank you for having me. What a joy. What a joy so to be here. You're up in Washington, and we were just kind of talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, Jarrett is in Buffalo, New York. Anna, our producer, is in Saskatchewan, Canada. I'm down in Southern California. You're up in Tacoma, Washington. I feel like we've got most of the corners covered on this continent. With you. If we just had someone in Florida, we'd be set. <laughs> but so. <laughs> You're, are you originally from Yeah, Tacoma, really, right? right? No. You're originally from Tacoma yeah, well, area? Yeah, I'm, I'm from a, a part of, correct, I'm, I'm from a part of Tacoma called Spanaway, Washington. So if you can imagine Tacoma being the large um, metropolis, kind of like they say, like L.A., L.A. County, but like mm -hmm. Long Beach is its own identifiable, distinguished place within L.A. County. Um, right. Or Inglewood is its own distinguished or Compton. Spanaway is definitely its own distinguished spot. And that's where I grew up. But now, yeah, I reside in, uh, in Tacoma. And I mean, it blows my mind how many, how many people come through Tacoma. Um, Jared was just telling me a, a moment ago about how he's caught a few concerts at the, at the dome out here, Tacoma dome, uh, which is great. And, um, recently I, I actually bumped into Kyle Smith out at the airport tavern on South Tacoma way. He was playing with his band and that was really a joy. And, so awesome. yeah, Washington is here, man. The, the house, the house is, uh, the house has some extended bedrooms up here, up in, uh, in Tacoma. And I want to shout out Ethan Tucker over in Lacey, Washington. He's a, a little bit more further south, but stone's throw, stone's throw away. Right on. I love Kyle. I, I'm so stoked that you ran into him. He's a great friend of the foundation. He's been on the show. Of course, he was on the album and he's very seldom seen without his Bradley's house hat on, which course just makes him very near and dear to my heart but he's a great guy for sure yeah super good looking yeah we, we were both rocking it at its show I, I 
yeah, he saw my hat from the stage and he was just kind of like staring at me for a second. Like, wait a minute. How's that? What is that? Like, you know, cause it's kind of, I feel like when you wear that hat, um, it's pretty distinguishable. Like, you know, if people know what it is and what's going on and what the dealio is with that hat, it's like, it's like an inside, it's like a secret club. It feels like right. sometimes, you know, so, right. um, what a joy. What a well, joy. we're trying to get the secret out. We don't want it to be secret anymore. We want everyone to join. <laughs> Guys, don't well, don't let them have a secret club. Go buy a hat. You know what I mean, though. Like, no, yeah. no, <laughs> you're in the know. Yeah, no, and that's yeah. We 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 promote it. We promote it at every uh, at every event I do. I, I actually I've been playing a lot of shows this year, and um, every single show I've done, um, we talk about the foundation and we talk about um, yeah. the meaning behind the album, and uh, we have a little we have some pamphlets and some flyers, and you know, um, it's just really. You know, the, the Bradley's House album, um, it changed my life, man. So, you know, it uh, it definitely impacted my world in a way that uh, as an up and coming artist, you know, super thankful to be a part of it. And that whole story of how I even got on that project is just really serendipitous and very. Um, oh, tell us. We want to hear. Yeah. So, OK. So Ethan Tucker, a silverback artist, um, uh-huh. um, good guy managed by John Phillips and, and Dalton and them. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he was, the year was 20, I think it was 2019. It was uh, November, 2019. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was playing a show in Olympia, Washington, which is just outside, like where Ethan stays. And at the time I was in this band and I wanted so badly, my band was headlining it. And my band was kind of like a sublime ish kind of like, we were basically trying to recreate that vibration, right? So I was on stage, yeah. I had turntables, and I would also rap. So if you can imagine a nice. five-piece band doing like reggae, rock, hip-hop, and then my role it. was kind of to be like the Mike Shinoda and the Mr. Uh, Shout out to Lincoln Park. I was kind of doing nice. both. And, I love so, Mike yeah. Shinoda. Yeah, I do too, man. And so Actually, uh, I but, just got my Spotify, whatever that thing is where they tell you the wrap-up of the previous year, and that yeah. was my number one most listened to artist. Is that right? Shout out yeah. Mike. Mike, when you hear this, dude, we love you. Right. Um, come on the show. Yeah. Come on the show. Come hang. Come hang. Let's have, do your, a have your people call it. our people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you were uh, playing? Skip, yeah. Yeah. So, well, what happened is, is I, I had been Sean the Shaman, the DJ for a number of years. And then I took a break for a couple years just to work, um, kind of like slow my life down. And I got into nonprofit work and helping the homeless and stuff like that. Wow. Being in this band was what brought me back to music. And I was felt very free because uh, as a DJ, I had amassed a lot of popularity here in the Pacific Northwest. And I was playing all these massive corporate things and all this crazy stuff. And um, but I just felt kind of disingenuous. You know, I was very I was very popular and a lot of people like wanted to be around me. But it wasn't I learned over time that not everything was like really genuine, you know, mm. You know, it's kind of like a lot of people just wanted to be close to like the hot thing at the time. And sure. so it kind of messed me up a little bit. And I, I had to like step away. And that's why I went to this, this like humble life of like helping the homeless and stuff for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Uh, Cause I just was fed up with like the, the, the nuance of like the Seattle world and it, it, a lot of um, pretentiousness and a lot of stuff. Mm. So. Um, when I came back and I'm in this band, I'm like super stoked about this band because finally I'm playing the style of music I've always wanted to play since I was a little boy. Um, you know, I remember the first time I heard what I got. Um, it just blew my mind. It was on Dave mm. Mira's Freestyle BMX, a video uh-huh. game from like the yeah. PlayStation back in the day. Um, so, so anyway, long story short is I loved my band, but a lot of people didn't. <laughs> a lot of people didn't Such think it was that great. Like they liked mm. the singer, but yeah. And so what's crazy is, is I'm pulling the strings from like, I'm pulling on like favors from like the DJ time when I was like the hottest dude out here, DJ. And people are like, all right, all right, all right. We'll book your band. We'll book your band. Yeah, you can headline. And this one promoter's like, look, dude, I'll book your band. But can you come out and rap like you used to do like a year ago? Because for a little uh, bit, I had like these solo songs like Love is yeah. Free and Perseus and all these other uh-huh. records that are now coming out. So I'm like, I'm like, dude, I don't want to rap on my own. I just want to kind of hide in my band. I don't want to just be like Sean the Shaman. I'd rather just be a member of the band and just kind of play it humble. And he was like, Sean, listen, I love your band. But I really, I'm telling you, people still talk about what you did with like your raps and stuff. So please, I'll, I'll pay you extra 
I'll give you a hotel suite. I'll give you unlimited bar. Like he gave me all this stuff that was an offer I couldn't refuse. And I was mm. like, okay, I guess they're serious. They really want to hear me rap. So I get booked for two sets, right? So I've got to play on my own in the beginning of the night. And then my band headlines at, at, at the end of the night. Mm. Um, and to kind of make it quick, I'm rapping my music on stage. Um, one of those songs being Love is Free and, and some of these other records that are due to come out. And, uh, man, I had a tremendous impact on that audience. And wow. when I, when I got off stage, I'm like drenched in sweat and I'm like wiping my sweat off in the VIP and just like drinking. And this tall guy with these dreads comes up to me and he's like, Hey man, uh, I really love what you did. Uh, it really touched my soul, man. Oh. And I was like, thank you so much, bro. And he's like, I love to work with you sometime. And I was like, Oh, cool, man. And I was like, I took my phone out and I was like, how do I spell your name? And he was like, it's Ethan, man. E T H A N T U C K E R. And I was like, as he's, as he's telling me this, I'm kind of like, I had seen his face before oh, and yeah. I've seen him like sell out shows in Tacoma. And like, I knew that he was like, it was kind of clicking in my head, but I didn't, I'd never met him before. And so I'm just kind of playing it like really like, okay, whatever. And <laughs> this happens all the once time. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And once, once, uh, once that was done, um, and I mean, it was a big show, probably like 500 people. I don't know, 600 people. It was a big yeah. show. And, yeah. um, apparently Ethan at the time, he hadn't been out of the house in some time. Like he didn't come out and go to shows like that in his hometown. Wow. Um, this was like one very special. They kind of bent the guy who was the promoter who got me to rap kind of like kept like bending his wrist. and was like, come on, man, you got to come. You know, it's going to be big. It's going to be a lot of people. It's the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, we called the show Funksgiving. It was very <laughs> funky and fresh. And yeah, so that's that's kind of how I met Ethan. And then I'm at his house, you know, a day or two later. I like I did not like let that time pass, you know, <laughs> Good for you. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I go over there. And Ethan begins to tell me that he had this dream like the night before he met me or like he had this dream and he woke up from it and he wrote this song and this song. Um, he's like, dude, I think you're supposed to be a part of this song. Um, I just felt it when you wrapped your song Solomon's Temple because that's another record coming out. And he, I was like, he was like, that really touched my soul. And, and this kind of goes with my dream. And, you know, what do you think about this? And so he shows me this song. It's called Bad Man. And, um, I was like, I had already kind of had the scribe, uh, of the lyrics kind of etched into my heart. You know, I kind of walk around with these rhymes or poems that I've written over the years, or sometimes I just get in my phone and I have like a divine inspiration to just write something. And, um, he shows it to me, I, I drop this crazy verse on him. He looks at me like, you know, what the heck just happened? And mm. then, um, He's kind of like, yo, so that was really great. Um, that was really fast. And like, that was great. Like, I feel so honored that you're here. He was like, so my, my label wants me to be a part of this, uh, sublime tribute record. And, um, you know, I, would you like to be on that with me? And so it was just kind of like this building of musical, um, you know, I'm an unsigned, unmanaged, you know what I mean? Like just kind of yeah. this guy um, who wasn't even going to rap his songs, right? He was like trying to blend in with this, this band. You know, I really, the thing is, guys, I'll be straightforward with you. Why did I like that band so much or anything? Because I just always wanted to be in like Sublime. Oh. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I just wanted to be, I wanted to be able to cut samples and stuff in the chorus. And like, you know, when you listen to like, let's go get stoned or whatever. And there's like, you know, easy, E. you know, mm -hmm. there's like these little samples in between and there's all this stuff or smoke two joints kind of opens up with a cool sample. I always wanted right. to contribute that type of stuff to music and do it live. Mm -hmm. And, um, so here I am now in this, in this, in this house with Ethan and he's like, I brought my turntables over and he's like, yeah, can you just like scratch a lot? And I was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then like I laid on all these scratches and I, I didn't really want, I didn't really want all the scratches on there like that. I thought I was just giving him, you know, cutting room floor stuff like pull right. this, pick this, pull that. He was like, no, nah, I love it. He's like, I love it. This is exactly what I want. It's different. Wow. It's cool. It's you. It's, it's Tacoma and Olympia. And, um, and we kind of started realizing like to kind of talk about the Northwest a little bit, you know, we're the only, I'm the only, you know, 
we're the, he's the only guy. We'll start with Ethan. He's the only guy out here that's like connected to that world, that slightly stupid world that, mm. you know what I mean? That world of the, the silverback, the, the John Phillips. Right. There's no one else out here connected to that. There's no, we have artists out of here that, you know, I mean, we have so many great people who've come from the Northwest, so many rock bands, and DJs and different things, Macklemore, right? But mm-hmm. as far as that, that, that pocket of reggae and just dopeness, like that vibe, you know, there's not a lot. And, I didn't really know because um, we just did the music so naturally. And then we just start hanging out all the time. And now he calls me his brother. And it's just Aww. like, now we're just like best buddies. And, we're just like, and we just, yeah, it's super, super dope. But yeah, how I ended up on that project was simply just through um, kind of, I felt like the universe just kind of pulling me to this place um, out of my own, you know, quote unquote, comfort zone. And then just like nailing the right moment at the right time. And I mean, we did that in 2019. The, the record didn't come out till 2021. When it came out, you know, I flew down to Ocean Beach, um, San Diego. Ethan was down there uh, at his, uh, one of his manager's cribs, uh, Dalton. And um, I just kind of felt the Ocean Beach vibe for the first time. And they're mm-hmm. kind of driving me around and I'm going to like Tribal Seed Studios. I'm kind of like around this this world that I've kind of always um, wanted to be around. And, um, and I just, you know, I was just elated. I just felt so, um, you know, I just felt so lifted and so seen and kind of like honored by God, by the universe, just kind of honored. Like, you know, I kind of always knew that I wanted to be around that vibration and that I, but when the record came out and it gets so many streams and so many people love it and, and people, you know, it just kind of gave me this reality, like, Oh, your voice can be heard around the world. You know, mm. you can leave an impact and, um, and you can do something good. You don't have to, you know, there's not really, there's no one else out of Tacoma that could ever say that they were on something like that as of today. You know, it's mm. just me. And, um, there's no one else out of the Pacific Northwest besides me and Ethan that are in that, um, vibration of, of all that. I mean, there's guys in Oregon, like, uh, Dubious and Ian Young and those guys, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, Washington, Anyway, don't, so not to not don't to say Oregon like Oregon, that. I'm just I'm not hating on Oregon. I'm, I'm just saying no. I'm, I'm, just a, I'm a Washington kid. I'm a I'm a Stanaway kid, you know. Um, and I love Oregon. I love Bend and Portland and the whole thing. But that's that's an awesome story. And as I'm listening to it, and I'm taking it in, and you're like, you know, um, you mentioned John Phillips, and you mentioned that you know you wanted to be like Sublime, and the samples, and the you, you can go to episode one of John Phillips on here, and you can hear him talk about how much time he spent running around <laughs> trying to clear all of Brad's samples oh, and get approval. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's and, and then, and then oh, it was listen. like, okay, yeah. we gotta, you, you know, we can't have this song. We gotta change that one. I gotta beg from this one hopefully this one doesn't know um so i'm just telling you you know just it's it's really cool and i'll just you know dot your uh dot your eyes <laughs> and cross your t's or it could be it could, yeah. it could get out of it. what yeah, i love yeah. about that story is just that you know you had these these dreams and desires and but you were still just out there doing something you know and i think that that's such a huge key to success is that we don't always know how to accomplish what we want to do but we have to be out just doing, you know, if you hadn't been out just doing something, there wouldn't have been that opportunity to meet Ethan and, you know, the rest is history, as they say. So I think that's wonderful. It's very inspiring to hear. And I I just love when everything comes together like that. It was really special. And I I have this massive tattoo on my chest of the sublime sun, you know, like it's from like, from, from like the top, like the clavicle down to like the rib cage from nipple. to Like I have a full, a full chest piece. Uh, wow. accordions, the freedom sublime stuff. So he didn't know awesome. that when he asked me. Yeah, I got oh. that when I was a, I was a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne. I was 19 out in uh, North Carolina and, uh, just wow. a wild boy, just a wild boy. And I, I wanted to get, I have the chili peppers on my back and then I have sublime on my chest. So I think that the next thing is, you know, maybe I'll just bump into Anthony Kiedis at the, at the grocery <laughs> store or something. Right. It'll just, we'll just manifest it. I, I don't right. know. Seems like it has to happen. Yeah. yeah. How did you end up in the military? Well, I mean, tip is, you know, crazy question. Um, So I'm from Spanaway, um, as I said before, and Spanaway has its own personality, especially at that time. I graduated in 2009 um, when I was uh, I was involved in some really um, extracurricular activities through my youth that would result in like traumas and crime and some dramas and some stuff. And uh Mm -hmm. 
you know, uh, my best friend died when I was 15 uh, in front oh, of me, wow. in front oh. of my, uh, in front of my school, actually. Oh, so sure. right up the street from I'm my so house. So, yeah, I went through a lot of, um, a lot, you know, the whole shaman idea is really like, I've kind of walked the hot coals, right. And, um, mm-hmm. and life will do that to you, you know? Um, but, um, when I, when I decided I wanted to kind of get out of span away because, you know, my friends were getting shot and I'm getting, you know, things, it just was like, I had already been, um, I had already been exposed to so much kind of like, you know, I don't know, sadness and, and yeah. violence and just different stuff. Uh, I knew that I was like a smart guy, but I didn't really apply myself in school. And so I knew I didn't want to like go to like some community college or just like stick around, you know, I didn't really have a lot of money. You know, I, I lived in a double wide mobile home uh, most of my mm-hmm. life and we were just very, very, um, you know, I, I felt like the military represented a way to leave and then also a way to maybe like contribute to like something more than like what I was contributing to and like mm-hmm. Spanaway sits by a, a, a base, a military base. So I just kind of felt I was always, I always had like this respect and kind of understanding of it. Um, I decided to become a combat medic. That was my job, my MOS. And I decided wow. to go, uh, uh, airborne ranger, which is like kind of a further, it's a little yeah. tougher, uh, path. And, um, yeah, it was just really just a way to get out and get some money in my pocket and get the bonus and maybe have a little bit of a, a an adventure. So when I graduated, um, which I almost didn't graduate, I mean, I had to do a lot of makeup work and cause I kind of goofed off and stuff. Like I said, I was, I was kind of a, after my buddy died, I mean, that was sophomore year right before I started high school. So <sighs> the next three years, you know, just kind of, um, you know, I just, I'm looking for ways to cope or fill that yeah. situation out. So, um, you know, uh, I was a dope MC back then though, for real. I was like freestyling the hallways and you wow. know, I got my, I got my first set of turntables at like 15, you know, um, they were cheap and, and crappy, but my mom, you know, she did her best, uh, to Aww. hook me up with that. And That's my awesome. mom was. Yeah. My mom was actually a radio jock when I was like a little baby. Um, that's, that's what she did. Um, so she was a radio DJ and then wow. her father was also a radio DJ. So I'm the third generation in, in, in DJing in my family. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I know it's kind of an illustrious tale. I know you didn't expect all this, but yeah, I, it's, didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I did. I did. There's no, there's no way Sean the shaman doesn't have a cool fucking story. Right. <laughs> I mean, now I find out I'm fucking paratrooping and sublime yeah. sun tattoos. It's, you know, it's definitely a little better than I expected, but, um, <laughs> So you said you were you were a dope MC even back then freestyling. Uh, obviously, Sublime, we heard about that. Can you just tell us a little bit about who maybe your hip hop influences were? Oh, I mean, it, it, they changed over time. You know, um, growing up, I was really my father is like had a big vinyl collection and was like mm-hmm. a real purist for like old school music in general. So I grew up listening to everything from like hip hop and like top forty stuff of the day. Um, you know, all, but all the way back to like Chuck Mangione and like, you mm. know, um, like crazy stuff like, uh, Parliament, Isaac Hayes and just a lot of funk, wow. a lot of soul, uh, Fela Kuti, you know, just like my dad's like a super world guy. Um, so, but in hip hop growing up, yeah, it was old school hip hop. I really loved um, when I was young. I wanted to be like a break dancer and stuff. So like mm. listening to Soul Sonic Force and stuff was really big to me, but, um, as far as when I was in my youth, man, I was a, I was a gangbanger. So I listened to gangbang West Coast music and that was kind of where my head was at. And, um, so, you know, uh, when it got down to it, man, if they had a red bandana, the game, Tech Nine, uh, Lil mm. Wayne, like I was pretty allegiant towards, um, towards that. And, um, Tech Nine was such a big impact to me in my, in my teen years. I just really respected his style and what he did, but the game was also really big to me. And, uh, Lloyd Banks, you know, I kind of came up in that coming of age. I'm born in 91. I graduated in 09. So um, when the whole, when 50 Cent came out, Eminem came out, these things, you know, it was just so dominant. Like, you know, I just loved all that stuff. But I was a fan of all types of music, bro. And, and Linkin Park, speaking of Mike Shinoda from earlier, Linkin Park was big to me. Limp Biscuit, Fred Durst was big to me. Um, I loved how they uh, kind of hybrid the genres together and, yeah. and did that. And um, Sublime, why they're so important to me. Um, so I was so into gangster rap, you hear me? Like so into it that I didn't mm-hmm. even touch bands or outside of that. Like I didn't really touch 
anything. Like I didn't understand. I would meet kids that were more into like skateboarding and rocker. You know, back in my day, we'd be like, call a kid, call them rockers. You know, those are the rocker kids, you know, and they mm-hmm. liked rock music. And we just kind of had like this weird kind of divide of like what you were allowed to rock with or not rock with. And I, and I think that just kind of in the environment that I was in, in my friend group, my immediate friend group being so into just being bad that we didn't want to do anything that was, uh, if it wasn't expressive about like violence or something, we really wasn't rocking with it, you know? Right. Um, and so, but I, I had this time after Chris died the following summer, I started hanging out with these like white skater kids, man. Like, uh, I just kind of wanted to feel, I liked their energy, to be honest with you. This kid named Josh Rhodes and, and, um, and Isaac Judge and Nick Blodgett, man, they're going to be so happy when they hear me shouting them out on this. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, these, these kids. You know, they just had a different vibe. Like I could go and smoke weed with them and we weren't like smoking weed and planning to go rob someone. We were just like smoking weed. You know, when we went, mm-hmm. when I got around um, them, they didn't care about how fresh your clothes were or your shoes or any of that. You know, you didn't need to impress nobody. It wasn't like this hip hop community and this kind of like more rugged urban community that I was used to being in. It was very free. And um, I wanted to have a favorite band. You know, all of them had favorite bands, whether it was the Misfits, whether it was, you know, whoever, like they just had their favorite people. And I kind of felt excluded from that because I never embraced bands. I never embraced it. So I found myself kind of searching for this. I remember being on like YouTube or something, just kind of looking for something. And I, I really realized at that time that Nirvana, the Chili Peppers and Sublime um, were just had kind of echoed throughout my lifetime. Like I'd heard different records from these people. Um, and so those bands kind of stood out to me. And then Sublime, man, I heard Garden Grove. My homie put mm. me on that record and Garden Grove just blew my fucking mind. I was like, this sounds like Spanaway, like talking mm. about stealing shit, right. and fucking five dollars out the door and fucking I'm mad at my, you know, I don't want to get, no, you know, it's you, the shit stuck under my shoe, the smell inside mm. the van. I was actually rolling around in this nasty ass van that summer with these like sweaty stoner kids, like. It just Garden Grove really hit me in the fucking stomach, man. Way more than way more than like the top 40 placement records of what I got, mm-hmm. Santa Rita and all that. Those are great songs. But man, Garden Grove still fucking hits me, man. Um, just because it felt like Spanaway. And so I yeah. knew at that point, like, yo, like, damn, ah, how cool would it be to like, you know, be around? Like, I wish that something came out of here that made people feel the way these guys are making me feel. Like, I wish that we could mm-hmm. capture you know, this, the element or like, you know, and so them and then the Chili Peppers were obviously just like so big to me, man. Um, and, uh, I'm born March 11th. And so then I discovered 311 and that really blew my fucking mind that they were called nice. 311. I was born March <laughs> 11th and I, I wanted to make this, uh, hybrid reggae hip hop shit. So, um, yeah, man, I'll tell you fucking shout out to those kids, man. They helped get me out of trouble and helped me make better decisions and. It's kind of a crazy thing, man, uh, how, how life will take you on these journeys and, you know, um, you meet new people that expose you to something new, maybe challenge what you thought you knew, um, about what you even like, um, mm. and what you even want to be, especially at that coming of age adolescence time. Right. And, uh, yeah, man, fucking shit has forever changed me. So when I got these, this tattoo, the sublime shit, you know, like, bro, and those really depressing days in the military, because don't get it twisted. That was a pretty depressing lifestyle, like in mm. the 82nd Airborne. It's pretty fucking, it's not Hardcore. an easy go. Yeah, it's not an easy go. Um, And, you know, it was that music, man, that I could just like, you know, we've all heard it before. Music makes the pain go away and all that shit. But like, for real, like, it took me back to Spanaway. It took me back to those happy summers. It took me back to, you know, just that vibe, man. It still does. And, uh, so yeah, you could see how like when I tell you it changed my fucking life to be on the album. Wow. I'm not playing with you. It really fucking changed my life. Like it was. That's really just, cool. Like, yeah. I, I, like I, I, I love hearing like that. A spirit thing. Yeah. yeah. And Kelly, I got to imagine you know hearing Sean talk about how he started getting more diverse with his friends and that got him into Sublime. Something tells me that your your brother kept a pretty eclectic mix of people around. I, I imagine that he was also dipping into all of the different groups throughout his times. He did. And I think that definitely informs his music and is part of what makes it so relatable. You know, it, I, I can't tell. I have this huge grin on my face right now, just hearing how, how much you connected with the song Garden Grove and all Brad was doing was just singing about his reality, but in such a raw, real way that 
people in completely different corners of the country could could identify with it as well. And that, that to me is, is really powerful. And I think that that's what good music does is it, it transcends the boundaries, whether it's, you know, a geographic boundary or a generational boundary. It just, it, it transcends that and allows people from every walk of life to really find something that they can connect with. And it, it, it is, it's that, it's that ultimate connection, that thing that kind of brings us all together. And so without even knowing each other, we can, we know we have this common bond because of the music, you know, I just, I think that's so powerful. And, and, um, it's something I think that a lot of people don't give enough credit to music for, you know, um, but it, it is, it is a way to, to get, you know, your thoughts and emotions out. But when you can connect with other people too, you just realize that it's, it's so much more than just about you, you know? Truly. And, you know, the other thing I want to mention is, is I'm, I'm getting introduced to that record. It's 2000 and, seven you know that record was probably mm. written in 90 something right so right. Like, um this time you know what i mean wow. it's boundless yeah. it's boundless in time and you know you think i'm just a toddler at the time when that thing drops or i'm just a little tiny you know it's a 95 you were four kid. well yeah, when he wrote, <laughs> it came out in 96 but i got i got no two front teeth right i'm like i'm <laughs> down there I'm, I'm over there like you know barely writing my barely writing my uh my letters and whatnot. I don't know, five, six years old. Right. Um, you know, like watching power Rangers or whatever. And like, uh, you know, uh, yeah. And then like years later it would act as the medicine, right. Um, to me. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it's a special thing, man. I gotta be real with you. It's, it's a, it's really, it's really gnarly. And sometimes, um, throughout my own life's journey now, you know, I'm 30 years old now. Um, and I feel like, you know, I ran into this cat. So I was in Hawaii back in uh, April um, mm-hmm. and I played a show in Honolulu. Um, this band heard me on the Bradley's House record and they wanted to work with me after that. Wow. Um, and so I, I flew out there and uh, we shot a video. Um, it's called Shit Talk. It's with this band called The Shore Break. Great guys. Mm-hmm. Um, some real surfer dudes from the North Shore. Wild dudes. And um yeah, I'm on the beach. We're filming. And then we see this dude. And anyway, long story short, he's a part of this group called Flatbush Zombies. His name's Juice. And they're kind of mm-hmm. a big group out of New York, kind of like ASAP, Rocky, and yeah. kind of like on this bigger, bigger echelon of hip hop. And uh he ends up kind of hanging with me a little bit. We kind of hit it off. And I was like, so, man, how long you been in music? And he's like, man, can you believe it? He's like, I've been in it 10 years. He's like, I'm 30 years old, man. And I was like, bro, I'm 30 years old and I'm really just getting started. Wow. And he was like, he was like, well, you know, you know that everyone has their time. You're the shaman. You already know that. But mm-hmm. it was like this thing where once again, the universe kind of put me in this sphere of like someone who had accomplished a lot already or like, you know, has a lot in terms of um, commercial success and, you know, fandom and all this other kind of the, the metrics that they measure kind of the thing in you know the the market space of it all and um for us to just be there on the same beach on the same day in this secluded part of the north shore of of uh oahu it's like Mm. how how rare there was no one else on the beach like it's so rare and uh you know it's just kind of one of the things man where i just kind of feel like i don't really know what's to come you guys Uh, but i do know that um i feel kind of divinely gifted i feel more like a ventriloquist dummy sometimes like just getting the the records kind of handed to me um, from above somewhere, maybe somewhere in somewhere else kind of just like gives them to me. Like I said, when Ethan had me over at the house, I didn't even have to really write anything. I just had stuff on me. Like I just, um, I don't know really what's to come, what's next. Like, you know, but I do know that, uh, Hey man, my, my job here is, is probably just to continue to try to stay pure and, and real. And, and at least like you said, show up, you know, cause there was a long mm-hmm. time. And I think a lot of artists deal with that where, you know, they don't really, there's a lot going on. This is the days of social media and the days of, you know, so much kind of a pressure cooker sometimes to like have to fulfill every single slot of like marketing and and presence. And, you know, it's hard to just be an artist, right? Right. So for those who can find um, the balance, right? The personal life balance, you know, and it's tough, man. There's Mm -hmm. a lot going on. The world's a crazy place. You know, I'm happy that, um, your brother made the records he made when he made them, you know, had he had been born later and been my age and had to deal with all this Facebook, Instagram, TikTok algorithm stuff, 
would it have been the same? You know, like, would it have been most likely? I don't know. We have no answer for that. But um, man, it's crazy. So I just want to continue doing the right thing. And um, I dropped a record called Love is Free. It's my first solo song. I dropped it uh, last month and did a video for it. And, mm-hmm. um, I didn't feel like it was uh, it wasn't even what I initially wanted to drop at first. You know, I had other songs I wanted to put out, but I felt like, you know what, if I'm going to do anything, let me just lead with love. You know, I have a lot to say um, and a lot of stories to tell, um, cathartic healing through my music kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, let me just lead with love and like, let's hope for the best with that. And I'll come on the back end with, with everything else, you know? Yeah, that's um, a great start. I think with everything that you've been through and the way that you've responded in, you know, such a positive way, um, it's really timely. You know, we all have have um, different things that we go through and a different time in, in history, you know, and so you talk about if, you know, if Sublime had been trying to do what they did then now, but I think they were for then and you are for now, you know, and I think that's what you have to remember is that you're here at this time for a reason with something to say because other people need to hear it. And so I'm glad you're out there doing it. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really nice talking with you, getting to know you. Um, you had told me right from the start when you reached out on Instagram, I think it was, how being on the album had changed your life. And I thought, well, what a nice thing to say. But it never, I, I couldn't really, I don't know. I just was like, in what way? How did it change your life? And so getting to hear the story after all this time um, is really special for me. And I, like I said, I just have this huge grin. I'm so stoked that Brad's music touched you. I'm so stoked that that led to you being on the album, um, you know, which has done so much for the foundation and will help us get Bradley's house open. So you've been a big part of that. And, um, from my family to you, thank you so much. Thank you guys, man. Thank you so much for having me, uh, on the show today. And, um, I think what you're doing is super awesome. Um, you know, turning, turning the situation into like a way of helping others. It's like, that's pretty amazing. And, uh, that's pretty amazing. I, I, I've heard stories, you know, out of John's mouth or out of whoever's Mm. mouth about like the adventures and, uh, you know, but to be here and to kind of see like it all come into fruition is really dope. Um, are you guys going to be down there, uh, in February in California at all? Yes. We're going to have a, yeah, we'll have a booth. Yeah. We're going to have a booth at Cali vibes and, and we're working on doing, um, a show right around that time too, either a pre-party or an after party. We're working on it right now. In fact, John is helping us out. John is actually the newest member of the board of directors for the foundation. So we're super stoked to have him on board and helping us out. And, um, of course he's, you know, such a special person has been a big part of our family, uh, for a long time, but yeah, we're, we're excited. We're excited about the things we're doing. And, you know, honestly, I think we all go through shit in our lives. And I think if we can turn that around into something positive for someone else, then, you know, we can't stop the shit from happening, but if we can turn <laughs> it into something good, then, uh, then I think we've won in that respect. So that's, that's the best we're trying that's to beautiful. do. So tell us what you have coming up. So you just had the, the album that came out. Was it an album? Or yeah. A well, I have, it, it was just a single. I have a single okay. out, um, dropping another single called tsunami, um, mm-hmm. coming up in January. Um, I have shows. Where can we find them? Uh, well, you can find Love is Free. So you go to on Spotify or on like my music video. If you haven't checked that out, I, I, I really would love you to see the video uh, on YouTube. Sean the Shaman, Love is Free. Okay. Um, we'll put the link in the description. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, please do. Check it out. It's um, very Tacoma-centric, uh, very diverse. Um, so that's the... That's that. So right now, if you were to try to listen to me, you'd hear the Step and Razor song with Ethan, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you'd hear you'd hear Shit Talk with the Shore Break, and nice. then you'd hear Love Is Free by Sean the Shaman. And um, right on. So yeah, so coming up is Tsunami and some other stuff, and um, yeah, there's a lot of shows. I played a lot of shows this year, guys. Like I have uh, my act is basically so, uh, you know, me rapping and kind of singing, but I have a turntablist behind me uh, cutting and doing different stuff, and then we actually have a an esoteric percussionist. So someone out there with the bongos and a handpan and it's very, oh, wow. it's very shamanistic. Yeah. I'm kind of like, uh, right now, if I was to tell you, Jared, like most deaf is probably like one of my bigger influences as a grown man, like most yeah. and, uh, and guys like that. Yeah. So, um, a lot of people compare my style to like if Cypress Hill and most deaf and like sublime all got together, like that's probably what it would be like. I love most deaf. He's um, one of the best. That's kind of my vibe. 
Yeah, he's blown my mind a thousand times, and uh, I can't. I hope to meet him one day, Yasin Bey, and, and maybe make something with him. So we have that. I'll be at Cali Vibes Fest. Awesome. So part of Ethan's set um, to do to do Step and Razor, and we'll also do the Batman song. And I think right. we're actually hitting the studio while we're in LA to do uh, to actually record Batman together. So stop by the booth ahead. at Cali Vibes. We'll freestyle battle. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Well, you know, uh-huh. and even if you guys are having a party or whatever, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what your slots are like, but if you want someone to come and, and, and rap, man, I'd love to come out. I was thinking about bringing my DJ down there with me anyway. So, uh, yeah, if you have open slots, let me know. Um, or even if you don't, whatever, I'll still pull up to your party. Um, yeah, man, um, a, lot <laughs> of, a lot of, a lot of great things, a lot of great things. And, uh, um, man, I can't even begin to describe it all, man. I had a toy drive, uh, this December. So we did the Love is Free toy drive in, in Tacoma awesome. and we, uh, we gave a bunch of, kids in the homeless shelters a bunch of toys um just a lot of love man it's just been a loving vibe and so what you can expect from me coming up are like really amazing singles uh love is free is definitely more hip-hop like old school boom bap most deaf vibes but the stuff that's coming out Uh i've been kind of holding it you know close to my chest like you know the reggae hip-hop blend that is uh I think gonna really fuck the shit up, man. I think people are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" You know. So, and where can people find you on social media? Yeah, Sean the Shaman, S E A N T H E S H A M A N, Sean the Shaman, and that's like that on on all of it, man. Um, awesome. iTunes, Spotify, everything. You know, YouTube. I have a lot of. Uh, you want to see what it looks like when I play live? You can check out SeanTheShaman.com. And um, we have a lot of recap videos and music videos. Really, my website is popping right now. Um, nice. I actually woke up this morning to like two new t-shirt orders. So I was like, oh, this is great. Um, right and, on. And we didn't been marketing heavy like that. But hey, man, it's uh, December 29th. So what are you going to do, man? It's, uh, mm-hmm. two, two and nine makes the 11. We're happy to <laughs> do it. There you go. So, there you go. Yeah, 2022 right is, uh, yeah, 22 is uh, 11, 11. We're hoping to manifest great things in this new year. And um and build our friendship circles and try to make great records, and, you know, live a balanced life, man. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's what we're here. Be, well, be I look fearless. Forward, I look forward to Go meeting ahead. you at Cali Vibes. Yeah, I know, right? This is a lot of fun. Jared, thank you so much, dude, for, for rocking. And Kelly, thank you. It's fun. No, no, man. Thank you. Well, Kelly, I know we say this after every single interview, but wow, Sean really did not disappoint. Um, what an amazing story he has and, uh, and just a lot of positive energy and a lot of fun. And I mean, here's a guy who's got the sublime sun tattooed on a quarter of his body and somehow he ends up uh, running into some people. And the next thing you know, he's on the house that Bradley built compilation. And I just had a lot of fun hearing that story. Yeah, for sure. What a trip. I didn't even know about the tattoo. So that was really cool. I always get excited to hear about stuff like that. But yeah, definitely a cool guy. And I'm so happy that things are happening for him. Um, just yeah, so much positivity. And I would encourage anyone who hasn't seen it already to check out his video for love is free. Really good. Really just, you know, feel good reminders to, um, love your fellow man. And it's just, I don't know. I just, I found it very uplifting and and I was really stoked to have watched it. So that can be found on YouTube. And uh, after we recorded, he actually had sent me some, uh, we sent me some links and uh, I've heard some of his new unreleased music Mm. guys. It's uh, it's pretty exciting, Kelly. So um, yeah. Really looking forward to that. And uh, of course you can catch out, you can catch Sean and so many of the other artists that we've had here on the podcast on the awesome compilation, the house that Bradley built available from our friends at law records.com. Uh, of course you guys hear about us talk about it every week. Uh, that's because it's an awesome album and all of the proceeds go directly towards getting Bradley's house up and open that thing. Uh, that's been out almost a year now, right? Kelly, we're coming up on the anniversary. Well, the original has been out longer than a year. We're coming right. up on the uh, we're coming up on the anniversary of the deluxe of the, edition of the deluxe. Yeah, yeah, I January fifteenth. This year's gone. It's really crazy, isn't it? Yeah, we're so fortunate that our friends at Law Records did this project for us. We've gotten received over seventy thousand dollars 
directly to the foundation for that. So that's been a game changer for us big time. And we are so grateful to Paul Milbury, Saad Williams, and everybody at Law Records who made that happen. All the artists that donated their performances and um, the recordings. It's just, it's really been a lot of fun and allowed us to connect with the music community in a completely different way. So I'm really thankful. Absolutely. So you guys make sure you check out the compilation album. Um, Of course, we are doing this podcast in an effort to gain uh, some some exposure so everybody can find out a little bit about the Noel Family Foundation. And there's a million ways that you guys can help. Anna's going to go ahead and put the link tree in the description of the show. That'll get you to all things Noel Family Foundation. Um, and, you know, for those of you who can, please donate a dollar or two. Um, for those of you who can't right now, just help spread the word. Tell somebody about the podcast. Let them know about the album. Uh, share the Noel Family Foundation foundation on social media all of those things really go a long way um and and helping getting this thing out there it takes a village guys so it's going to take all of us to get this thing up and going um and i know that we get a little bit closer every single day so um it's noelfamilyfoundation.org um kelly i know that there's uh, some new merch that we've talked about a little bit up there there's some awesome new pins those really cool new socks from merge four mm-hmm. um, am, am i forgetting anything I think that's it. We have some new stuff that'll be posted next month in January. And I would also like to take this opportunity to thank everybody who's made some year end donations. You know, as the year comes to a close, people start thinking about their tax deductions and, you know, how they can maximize that. And a lot of people make charitable donations at the end of the year. And we just feel so grateful for the people who have chosen to make those to the Noel Family Foundation to help support Bradley's house. So thank you all. Yeah, guys, let us help you. Let us let us be a tax shelter for you. Just go ahead and funnel that money right into the Noel Family Foundation for the end of the year and get that get that tax write off that you guys are looking for. Um, Kelly, Kelly's got what you need for those year end donations. All right. So, um, no, it's, uh, it, it has really been amazing for this year. I'm super excited for the, uh, for the upcoming year. Um, I know we've got some big guests lined up, some big shows, some big events, Cali vibes. It's, it's coming up. It's coming fast. Cali vibes. Um, I, I know that you are super excited about this and I just, I see so many people posting, there's people coming from all over the country for Cali Vibes. Yeah, it's going to be a huge weekend. I'm really excited about it. And of course, Sean will be there performing with Ethan Tucker. And hopefully, we'll get to see them perform their cover of Stepping Razor live. Yeah, I challenged them to a rap battle at the at the booth. <laughs> so that's I, I think that's going to go down. That's um, worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Kelly, every single week, uh, we like to leave our uh, listeners with a song, usually one from the compilation. You just mentioned it. This is one of my favorites from the album. Kelly, what's everyone listening to as they leave us this week? It's Ethan Tucker's cover of Stepping Razor featuring our friend Sean the Shaman. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a wonderful 2021. Happy New Year to you and yours. Um, Till next year until mm-hmm. next year i'm jared or she's kelly noel we are out of time you don't have to go home but it's time to leave bradley's house i'm dangerous don't watch my size i'm dangerous I'm dangerous If you wanna live Treat me good If you wanna live, live I beg you treat me good I'm like a walking razor Don't watch my size I'm dangerous, so dangerous Like a stepping razor Don't watch my size I'm dangerous, so dangerous like a walking razor, don't watch my size, I'm dangerous, so dangerous. Don't watch my size, I'm dangerous. Don't watch my size, I'm dangerous. If you wanna live, treat me good. If you wanna live, live, 
The stone, we all live together, one spirit, one soul. Leaf of one tree, tree of one sea. Stepping like a razor, cutting through the crease. Oh, I told them bully long time ago, but they treat me real good, much better than before. From the two five tree to the LBC, magical methods are manifesting to the beat. Like a walking razor, don't watch my sides, I'm dangerous, so dangerous. Stepping razor, don't watch my size, I'm dangerous, dangerous Walking razor, don't watch my size, I'm dangerous, so dangerous Like a walking razor, don't watch my size, I'm dangerous If you wanna live, treat me good If you wanna live, yeah, I beg you treat me good If you are a bully, treat me good If you are a duppy, a duppy, oh, I beg you treat me good Like a walking razor, don't watch my size, I'm dangerous Stepping razor, don't watch my size, I'm dangerous Like a walking razor, don't watch my size, I'm dangerous Step and raise it on what's my size, I'm dangerous 